we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Quiri cast with the Larry Quiri die. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Hi, hello, and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Quitty Cast. The name is Larry, and such a pleasure being with you. Yes, it is uh, coming towards the end of February. It's a month that I had a mixed thing about. Uh, it had a lot of stuff to do, but uh, coming up on this week's episode, uh, just to tell you what's happening. Oh, yeah, by the way, happy birthday to three men on a boat before I get carried away. I probably said a couple of times throughout the show. Uh, so, three men on a boat, uh, my company. Um, that does blogging, hosts does podcasts, uh, owns my publishing, my writing, and a couple of other things, has turned 12 years old. So in uh, on the 21st of February, and there's nothing to do with the former president, Mugabe, uh, at about 9.46 a.m., I wrote the first, or published the first post, and a few minutes later, published the second post. You can go onto the website, you can check out what the first post was by just going through. If you know how to get your way, find your way around a website, you can go right to the beginning of where we did this big thing. And it's been exciting times. Um, yeah, so some really cool things have happened. Some uncool things have happened. The last year has been weird. But I'm not going to get into that. But to, to just to tell you what we got in the show, of course, the first part, some of the cool stories that it came across the world. Maybe not so cool sometimes, but it's, it's just what they are. In the second part, I'm going to not so much talk about what happened with Zimbabwe getting banned from hosting international football at home, but really just going to talk about the implications of that sort of decisions on a wider scale. What does it mean that Zimbabwe cannot host football matches at home, international matches? And then the final bit is how to create the perfect Tinder profile. <laughs> Somebody says, Larry, I'm on Tinder. How, how, how is it that I can create the perfect profile? So let me just go through some of the news this week. Yeah, well, over the past week since we last spoke. So, uh, big news. Nanai Gurira had uh, just signed a new deal with uh, ABC Studios. Uh, great news. So, she, th this deal is going to be over two years, in which Nanai Gurira is going to uh, totally uh, write new projects and develop them uh, for the studios. So, right now, she's working. Of course, she just left uh, The Walking Dead, as you all know, and she's working on uh, Americana. Uh, before I give you details about Americana and what's going on with that, in fact, she did an interview with Entertainment Weekly, yeah, and this is what she said happened uh, just before she left The Walking Dead, the final days. <laughs> it's funny because it, my, my last day on set of The Walking Dead was 4th of July, so they'd done a lot of really cool things for me the, the night before, which I didn't expect, which was so awesome and really cool. Norman had organized this big, like, uh, fireworks display and it was just really beautiful and there was this really cool cake that 
it was basically Michonne, sword and all. It was a shorter day and we're trying to just get, everyone's trying to, you know, it's, it's 4th of July. It was just a lot of easy love, really. There was a lot of, of course, pain and, and you know, saying goodbye and teariness, but um, there was just such a free flow of love and that's kind of what sticks with me the most about that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, Danai Gurira just smacked the microphone there, so it's not, don't worry, it's not your ears. So Danai Gurira, as I said, she is uh, working on Americana, uh, this is based off a book by uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and also it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book that she wrote, and there's going to be a mini-series that's coming out for HBO, but of course, as I say, she's going to do some work with ABC Studios. And also in that, uh, she's the showrunner in this, so it's uh, quite a departure from her just doing acting. And she also said a few things about uh, the difference between acting and uh, writing 100% in the rest of the interview, which just came from Entertainment Weekly right here. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting uh, gear change acting, from acting to writing that, that I'm in right now because I was always writing before, but now I'm writing full time and, and also, you know, creating and putting together a television show. It's called Americana and uh, it's an adaptation of a really cool novel. Acting and writing, writing can be, you know, in, in its very nature at times, very solitary. And acting, you know, doing the work of acting is, is also solitary. But then, you know, to enact your acting, you are amidst a community. And that's, that's an interesting difference between them. I don't know, it's very interesting because I think with the writing, you can always, I always feel like, you know, if I, if I dig in a different way or I, I, you know, someone gives a note in a certain way, something's always going to click for me and I'm going to find the thing I need to find. But like with acting, sometimes you have to find it in community and in connection, which poses its own, its own, its own challenges, you know, and at the same time it has such a magic to it when, when that, um, when it comes together. So yeah, I find them both, uh, they can, they're both exhilarating and excruciating. <laughs> Basically, that's the beauty of storytelling. Also appearing on this uh, show called Americana is uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Anyway, to the next story, Pitch Black Afro, Afro rather, remember him? Yeah. He was arrested uh, in January of 2018 uh, for allegedly killing his wife. No, 2019, for killing her end of December 18. So January 18, 2019, he was arrested. That... He's, he's in court right now for murder. And uh, he, he, this is the murder of his wife, of his wife Catherine Modisani. And it turns out that he's claiming that the police induced a confession out of him. They forced a confession out of him. And his manager is also saying the same thing. But, you know, in real talk, what is his manager going to say? Is his manager going to come out and say, no, I didn't see that? Uh, you know, it's this a no snitching policy, and I don't know. Look, it might be all very well and good that he might have been forced into a into a uh, into a confession, but I mean, if you look at the details around it, when uh, a policewoman arrives, he asks to talk to the policewoman, and he's holding some cloth that he's got blood on it, and and he asks to talk to the policeman, and then he the policeman then says. Yeah, okay, let me get on oh, a policewoman. Sorry, a policewoman. Let me give you the policeman to talk to. So, I don't know. He's then he claims that the confession was induced out of him. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird for me. Totally weird. Congratulations to Zimbabwe cricket captain Sean Williams. Uh, he just had a baby girl, yeah, baby daughter with his wife, Chantel. 
And also uh, another cricketer who's just had his wife give birth is Victor Nyawuchi, who is a recent, who was, also, who was just playing recently in Bangladesh in the um, test match. The Zimbabwe lost by by major. It was huge. It was, it was dirty. It was just like mess. I didn't expect anything better because it was just an inexperienced bowling lineup. It was just an experience. It was just too little experience in that. But uh, Sean Williams will be game for the limited overs matches, as is the young man Wesley Madevere, who impressed at the, it's been impressing for a while, really. Impressed at the Under-19 World Cup, this past World Cup and the one before, and even when he started playing domestic cricket, he's just been hitting runs. He's just fearless. He just looks like he was born for it, you know. And then finally, there's a woman who became the first person. This is a woman from the United States, the first person to pee beer. Yeah. So when they wanted to do transfusions for her and stuff like that. Everybody thought it was a case of, oh, no, uh, because there was a lot of alcohol content in her. And then they were like, oh, no, she needs to go and have to get herself checked. And because she might be abusing alcohol. She was like, I've never drunk alcohol in my life. It's never happened. And she goes there and they run tests and they run blood tests. And it turns out that, of course, we all have, it's not, not all of us, it's not uncommon for yeast to be found in urine. But it turns out at just the right temperature, the yeast and whatever's going on in there turns out to have beer. She pees alcohol. And the first one of her kind. They've already got, it, got a name. Something about, uh, uh, what you call it? Bowel, what you call it? Bowel brewery syndrome or something like that. <laughs> the question is, is somebody trying to date her because, she, you know, she pees beer? Probably someone from Zimbabwe would be like, "Yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone where this came from. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out and have that. Especially how expensive things are. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Like, how does she introduce herself to people? Like, if you go on a Tinder date, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Does she put out a Tinder profile now and say, you know, uh, IP beer? And no one really wants to be patient zero. What if it like can kill you or something? You know, I don't know. What if people are going to kidnap you because if you if you're nervous, right? You, you you might pee. So people might kidnap you so you can pee so that they have beer. And what about those people with a fetish for people peeing on them? Like, is it now a case of you expect her to pee on you? And then after she's peed on you, she must lick the beer off your body? Or she must pee in your mouth? Because, I mean, like, really. <laughs> you must understand this is so weird for me. <laughs> Oh, it's the Critic House with Larry. So, if you didn't hear the big news, of course, you still listen to the Critic House. If you didn't hear big news, uh, it was that Zimbabwe has been banned from hosting international soccer matches. This is after the final stadium that was sort of kind of okay, which the Confederation of African Football uh, had decided that, you know, maybe you could use this one. It failed the test. They were like, uh, what actually happened was that there were three stadiums, that were, two of them were condemned outright, outright. That's Mandava, that is the home of FC Platinum. And uh, the other one was the National Sports Stadium, which is the home of pretty much everybody who is in Harare. <laughs> and then the 
Barberfield Stadium was the one that was kind of like, yeah, maybe you can try. But they were given a whole list of things to do. And this, they were told, okay, you got to have this ready by this time. They never went back to, to, to FIFA, and or rather CAF. And so CAF was like, well, for when you host Algeria, you're going to have to host an international match elsewhere, which is kind of weird. Because now we're that country that in peacetime, there's nothing, there's nothing dodgy happening right now. Unless you're talking about the price of fuel and, you know, or the lack thereof. It's a baby, you know, guys might <laughs> might not be able to drive past if there's like a fuel queue on Belvedere Road or something. I don't know. But that's not the point. Reality of the situation is, uh, according to the Valaya City Council, which owns the property at, um, at uh, in Belaya, by the way, the National Sports Stadium is not owned by the, the Ministry of Sport. It's owned by Public Ministry of Public Works, uh, which resulted in a weird situation last year when the national football team was not allowed to train for a match, a major qualifier, because the ministry was like, nah, we don't feel like it. And I think there was a cup final at some point that almost didn't happen uh, or was going to be postponed or something like that because... They were like, yeah, a church is using the grounds. <laughs> you can't make this up. Zimbabwe is so weird. So anyway, um, so the Bialy City Council, which owns the Barbiefield Stadium, decided to come out and say, you know what, we've been, we had needed budgets approved and things of that nature. And from my sources um, somewhere, they say that, you know, it was just never treated as an emergency. The government just carried on. Central government carried on like everything was normal. I know there was a time that Kirsty Coventry, the minister of sport, came out and said, you know, we need to do something about the fact that, you know, something to do with... She said a lot, bunch of things, and they made sense. Uh, but nothing came of it. It's like, yeah, all right, you say some cool stuff. What now? And this is the, that's the thing about Zimbabwe. But the point for me is not about the international ban, which is, of course, embarrassing. It is the fact that does it mean that Zimbabwe is going deeper and deeper into international isolation? You see, when you start in getting banned from using your own <laughs> stadiums because you just don't conform to international standards, it begs a lot of things. How many other things are we failing to do at international standards? I remember I was at a multi-choice uh, talent uh, factory masterclass the other day. A shout out to them for hosting that in Harare and in Balawe. But you can see the questions that were asked. It was as if Zimbabwe needs special dispensation for things. Where other countries do things in a sort of normal way, You'd hear often people say, but, you know, you need to understand how things are in Zimbabwe. We need a lot more assistance than everybody else. And it also begs the question that how far behind on innovation with the rest of the world are we? I mean, how, how are we able to sit in some places and have the same conversation? I know that Leedzenga was out in Victoria Falls for some event. And it was like, well, if you look at the South African kids are doing and what our kids are doing, we, are, are we sending the best quality? And, and how do we judge the best quality of what we have? Because I'm sure there's some really talented people out there that, that are doing things on international platforms. Like, for example, I, I do some writing for international platforms as well as local ones. And I know that there are certain standards that are required from international standard, uh, platforms in terms of even simple things like invoicing and things like that. Like, have we decided that we're not interested in the norms? That 
just the, you know, what we're going to do with the rest of the world is pretend that they're also some big black market. And that we're not really going to try at any point to behave like grown-ups in the rest of the world. And that's a big question for me. It's, 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 it's a scary question. I, when do we become normal? And by normal, you know, there's a state. There's a there's a um, there's a st- statement from uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel that I I I just loved uh, when I put it up put it up on social media the other day. Um, the other day being actually today, <laughs> Wednesday. Um, yeah. So the, 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 what you could say is, when it comes to human dignity, dignity, we cannot make compromises. So that's the that's the real question. Like, how, how much have we compromised so much that we think that the rest of the world owes us a living and has to wait for us to catch up? And if we know we're far behind, how much appetite is there to actually ac- accelerate and to say, look, the rest of the world, we want to play with you? I don't know. It's just it, it, it's it's one of those things. It, it's it's. When it's look, the the football situation is not a big bang there thing that happened. It didn't suddenly happen. It's like um, uh, what somebody said when talking about the United States of America. I can't remember what it was. Says the this is what's happening in America. I mean, I don't know intimately, so I, this is just paraphrasing. I don't even know what they say. That like Dave Chappelle, I don't know about tell other people's statements, but they say like the, when when. Things start falling apart. You don't, we don't all get a text message that tells us that things are falling apart. There's one day when, you know, some weird stuff that's happening, that we understand that things have fallen apart. And that's the situation. We didn't get the text messages telling us that we were isolated. <laughs> we just thought, I sort of thought that after November 2017, we'll all just be walk hand in hand with the rest of the world. But not thinking about the fact that, that while all that stuff was happening, and since 2017, when we've just kind of stayed in some sort of slumber, the world has been moving forward. The world has been moving forward while we've been staring at our navels. It's Larry, you listen to the Cast. about in my life is um, because I am in the middle of a fight against cancer there are a lot of side effects that come with chemotherapy and radiation and one of them is infertility so I'm worried that I will not be able to conceive and that I'll not live to have a child in my life or to get married or to at least be with someone that I love because of the things that I won't be able to give him things that I won't be able to do The one thing that I'm grateful for is that I am actually alive to talk about my battle with cancer. And at the rate that I'm going, I'm grateful that I have reached where I am and I'm still going strong. The treatment is hard. It's got very terrible side effects, but I'm grateful that I'm alive to tell my story.
hello. So I don't have any worries. Why? Because I have cast all my worries on someone that can deal with them better than I can. <laughs> and then I am grateful for life. I'm grateful for good health. I'm grateful that I can walk, I can see, I can hear. I have friends that care about me. I have a job. I have a business. But most of all, I am loved. And I'm so grateful. So it's the final section, of course, the relationship segment. And this came from the fact that a, a female friend of mine uh, came to me and says, ah, well, um, I want to join Tinder. And I was like, but aren't you married? But I'm not going to even <laughs> go into that. And so I helped a married woman set up a Tinder profile. I don't know. I, I don't judge people and things like that. Uh, people got lies. And Really, there are reasons. I did an article, you can check it out on 3mob.com on reasons why married people are getting onto Tinder. Now, Tinder is a is a platform where, where hookups happen and people who pretend that they don't want hookups also go onto for hookups. <laughs> That's my opinion anyway. Or some people just want to meet people. I don't know. So I have ideas around how you should work around putting a great Tinder profile. I hope that it helps somebody out there. Number one is about the photos. The photos are everything. I'm going to go through some cool things. Cool things about the photos, it seems like an obvious one. The first time you meet somebody, most of the times you're attracted to their smile. A smile is welcoming, okay? Smiling in photos makes us look friendly. So, you know, you might think that every time you look in the mirror... You, when you look like a badass, the you know, Samuel L. Jackson and Pulp Fiction or whatever it is, that makes you look cool. This person has never seen you before. You've seen yourself before and you know that your appealing and pleasant facial expressions can be winning. But if you look like, you know, somebody stuck something up your bum, then you're not going to be really attractive, are you? Number two, this is especially for the gents, keep your shirt on. Okay? What you want to do is... Uh, you're meeting new people and they're different types of new people. The person that you might be trying to uh, get, you know, get in touch with might be somebody who is, who is really, you know, into conversation. So you don't want to come across as self-absorbed or narcissistic. Nobody really likes that unless they have some weird complex about themselves. And ladies, there's this, there's this thing that y'all do sometimes. It's like, you know, uh, the, 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 the common picture where, you, sh you, you know, you know what happens when they show the bum? They, they stand at an angle and like, you know, look at me, and then they look at the camera and look at my, you know, that thing. We like the pictures, but for Tinder, it comes across as a bit <laughs> odd, okay? And it just kind of takes a lot of the mystery away. You want to talk to the person because that's what it's got to do. Number three, be genuine, okay? Uh, you know, the, the kind of visual that you have should be able to create a conversation starter, okay? So, in essence, 
uh, you should have the kind of picture that shows your personality such that when you start talking to the person, you don't sound like, like, you know, the picture was, was your PR person and the voice is essentially like listening to a rendition of, uh, happy birthday as sung by a drunk step uncle. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? nobody wants to hear that. It might be amusing up to a point, but for for a proper relationship, it just comes with. So, if you're actually interested, the conversation must start with something better, of course, than "How's your day?" So, you you your 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 photos have to provoke some sort of questions and let the conversation flow from there. Uh, thirdly, uh, also group photos are good, but don't put too many group photos because people want to see who you are. So sometimes if you have too many group photos, we're like, oh, why is this person always around people? And it kind of is intimidating sometimes when you're meeting people in real life and they're with a bunch of people of themselves. So, you know, keep the group, also keep the group of photos sociable. So don't, don't have the kind of photo where, you know, you might be, able, might be holding, you might have friends that you hold in a certain way intimately and it doesn't actually matter. But if there's too much, you know, kind of, I don't know the intimacy or even worse bender images like where you just went out and you were drunk and the picture can see that we are you had gone drunk out of your mind don't do that number three uh, i'm not number three another point is instagram is a good place to get a lot of pictures from so you know you post a lot of insta instagram so add your instagram profile link it to, to, to your tinder profile and also you can also decide to culture so you can decide to take out some of the the, the, the images from your Instagram feed. But, you know, also, if you take other pictures that are not of you, it might make you interesting because it might show that, okay, this person is into art, this person is into music, whatever else that you post, then they might, you know, that those two can be conversational starters. And also, not so much on the selfies, guys, okay? Don't do too many selfies. That's what I'm talking about. It's narcissism. It's not confidence. Stick to the natural pics. No problem, no pose, no nothing. Just take a picture. And also action shots. If you're busy doing something, if you're bungee jumping and so forth, remember conversation starter. Then and then we're going to go to the thing that everybody always wonders about, the Tinder bio. Now, some people leave it empty. Always write something. Okay? And for guys... Girls are 99% less likely, rather, to swipe right uh, on your profile if you aren't willing to share some basic info about yourself. You know what I mean? So see, you'd start looking like a catfish if you have an empty bio. You've, learned that you've done some great work with, with the photos. You, you've, you've probably taken a picture of yourself bungee jumping. Now, get an awesome description. You know? Just, just, just have it, and also keep it short and sweet. Okay, include a hobby or two, a quote from one of your favorite TV characters. You know what type of people you'd like to meet, or a fun fact about yourself. Like for example, I'll say I talk about the fact that I knit. You know, also get your emoji game in there. You know, uh, you your your bio also should be keeping in line with the photos that you put up. 
So don't, don't have this like really exciting buyer and you say you'd rather sleep all day. It just look weird. And also be open, just not be obnoxious rather. You know, I, I always say you'd be surprised that a lot more often than not, the impression a buyer gives off when, you know, there's a difference between, say, being confident and, and obnoxious. So sometimes... If you come across with an with the impression that you know you know everything, I know some people think cocky is a thing that anyone can pull off. I know David D'Angelo will tell you that anybody can pull off, but there's some people who are just not that kind of person. There's some people who can come and say, "Hey, great ass" to somebody, and the person will be like, "Yeah, okay, that person can carry the word, the, the statement, great ass." But somebody else goes and say that, and they get slapped. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. So keep it informative and natural. And also don't go overboard. I know that there's a 500 character limit. Just don't get there. <laughs> Maybe just do half of it. But nobody really wants to be sitting there and reading what is equivalent to roughly three text messages. <laughs> Keep it short and sweet. And then let the, let the people find out more about you afterwards. Finally, what I want to talk about is the intro. I was going to ignore this, but essentially... If, if if the the intro that I talk about, uh, if your first message is just say says it's just like hi, you're not going to get a response, really, because it feels like something that's automated. It's like a bot, okay, and also the other person doesn't see you. They don't see your face, so they don't know whether you're high or you're smiling. So stay away from conventional greetings. I use one word, and also. Uh, you're not asking a question, you know, and the opening mark. The person, you're just telling them, hey, and also those conventional questions, like, hey, how's your day going? Don't do those. Also, engage with them, okay? So say something that shows that you uh, you took time to read their bio and look at their profile photos. And, you know, don't do silly things like, oh, nice ass or something like I talk about. Don't talk about their physical features because that's the most obvious thing. And that's what they hear about every single day. So come across with something that is fun, interesting, you know, something that sort of elicits some sort of response, maybe get <laughs> some giggling or at least send you an LOL. And also, but then the other side of the day, after matching, don't spend the whole day thinking about it, guys. Because I know some people sit there and say, you know what? I need to think about how I'm going to respond to this. <laughs> Time is is, is 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 of the essence. If the person's, you know, what do you call it? Uh, what do they call it? Linked, matched with you. That's what they call it. If they're matched with you uh, today and you only respond on Friday, uh, and well, uh, matched with you on Monday and you only respond on Friday, by that time, think of other people they could have matched with. And sometimes they're prone to think too much. And then also when you think too much, sometimes the joke goes overboard and it becomes less funny. And it might even become offensive. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And speaking of which, they leave cultural references out of it and leave religion as well. You know the usual. Leave politics as well. Yeah, even if, even if she says she's, she's into politics, just leave, stay out of it. Because all you're going to have is an argument and, you know, finger arguments are weird. Anyway, that's that for this week's episode of The Criticast. Uh, check out The Criticast. Just go to uh, iono.fm and just look for The Criticast. Or go to iTunes uh, or Podchaser, a bunch of other platforms. Spotify, you can look for The Criticast. 
And also, uh, you can catch me on ZFM Stereo on Mondays and Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Uh, check your local listing for how you can listen to these online platforms and so forth. Also, get in touch with me on Twitter at Quirirai. That's uh, my Twitter. Or just check out my website, ladderquirirai.co.za. Quirirai has got a Y-I at the end. Check out all some of the awesome work we're doing at uh, Three Men on a Boat at 3-mob.com. Three Men on a Boat is exactly as it is. Look for it on um, on uh, Facebook. So it's facebook.com forward slash three men on a boat. On Twitter, facebook.com forward slash three men on a boat. Also, when you go to the website, uh, on the menu, you can find out how you can join our growing book club and having some exciting times in the book, book club. So 12 years and so forth, going deep. We're also investing in a couple of things. Once uh, it's solid, I'll be able to tell you more about it. The new podcast, uh, battling over the name, but the new podcast, the new podcast we'll be telling you about that'll be coming out on YouTube, Mondays. Wednesdays and Fridays from the beginning of March and it's just going to be dropping every day at well those three days at 7 a.m in the morning I don't know we're battling over whether it's going to be Monday Wednesday and Friday I was going to start off as Monday and Friday first of all but there's a possibility that it's going to be Monday Wednesday and Friday right from the get-go so yeah pretty exciting times we're doing big things also developing some podcasts so expect some sports podcasts that I'm working on for other people so some fun things are happening it feels like the revolution is right here. So, it's yeah, that's that. Yep. Have I got anything else to say? Did I forget anything? Oh, remember this, show, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Three Men on a Boat, uh, the publishing company for this. So just, uh, yeah, pretty much. So, oh, yeah, and that's that. Uh, just before I go, I leave you with this word. Just, uh, and I say uh, something that I put up on social media the other day. Just because Zimbabwe is in austerity mode, it doesn't mean you should be too. Take your one shot at happiness in life. It's Larry. It's been the Criticast. Take care of yourself. I see you, Mr. Sebenza. You can listen to the Criticast for free on iTunes or Iono FM. And don't forget to subscribe to the Criticast with Larry Quirirai. It's not fearless, just real talk.